The following is a fourth-hand production. They say I'm disturbed. From city to city, an incredible hysterical panic spread. I think we're getting into a weird area here. Will you tell these fools I'm not crazy? This hysteria. You can't handle the truth. 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 Brain is gone. This is Hysteria 51. The truth is out there. It's a lie. But you won't find it here. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. Welcome in Hysteria Nation to the podcast that has never been mistaken for a weather balloon, Hysteria 51. Broadcasting from the lower fourth dimension, otherwise known as Chicago, I'll be your captain on this fantastic voyage. My name is John Goforth. Alongside is our co-captain, Mr. Brent. Alex Jones and I'm the captain of this vessel. We wanna take you on a cruise. Wait a second. Wait a second. Hold on. Did you just call me Alex Jones? Is that the joke you're trying I, to make there, John? I don't know that I called you Alex Jones. I think I made it your middle name as I'm like kind of comparing you to Alex Jones. Well, I really don't know how to respond to that other than just anger. <laughs> All these feelings inside. Yeah, I will give you credit. You do not try to wear a buttoned suit coat while you do your I need to do more. I have heard you make those noises, but not in the confines of this podcast. I need to do more grunting and animal noises, I think. (laughs) When you're angry about something. I'm angry. (laughs) (laughs) There's Alex Jones. There's Alex Jones. Uh, I do know you both agree on one thing, though. Like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin' frogs gay. Do you understand that? Serious crap. I'm sick of being social engineered. It's not funny. Yes, I think the federal government is spending millions and millions of dollars turning amphibians homosexual. You heard it here first, folks. (laughs) And finally, the third member of our dysfunctional family is the robot you love to hate and for whom the feeling is always mutual. Conspiracy bot. That isn't fair, John. What isn't fair, C-Bot? Assuming our entire audience loves to hate me. Why not? Because I'm cute and lovable, and just want to help people. I really hope our listeners, and really, the world just gives me a chance. Well, C-Bot, I'm impressed. Is your AI advancing? I mean, are you really serious about that, or is this just horse shit? Not in the slightest, you moron. Burn the whole thing down. There it is. There it is. Uh, I was getting worried there for a minute, Brent, but he's back. And not going anywhere soon, Chief. Did did he just chief me? <laughs> At least he didn't bro you. I got that last week. Anyway, Seabot, what's tonight's topic? This week we're hitting the granddaddy of them all, Roswell. Oh, perfect timing. 70th anniversary, John. Yeah, yeah. yeah just, this it, month. It just went past, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So I'm. One might think he's actually paying attention. Uh, definitely not. But I am excited. Uh, I've been looking forward to doing it for a long, long time. If I had known that, I wouldn't have picked it. He's on a roll. Just ignore it. More importantly, you know what time it is? Time to reprogram Seabot again. <laughs> definitely. But first, let's go through tonight's segment. Wow! Here we go. Ready or not, the following content is sure to be hot. The information we'd like to present. Now it's time for another segment. All right, Brent, for tonight's segment, we're going old school. If if old school, you mean like four months ago. <laughs> old school. It seems like a long time a long, ago. A lot longer, yeah. yeah. All right, Brent, we got a special surprise for Hysteria Hype. Even though we already have a segment bumper for Hysteria Hype, 
you know, we took the intros away from Seabot. For and good reason, but yes. He's been upset about that. So we went ahead and let him procure a new bumper for Hysteria Hype just for this week. Let's take a listen. Tell me what you love. Now it's time to speak. I've been tuning in and been waiting all week. What's the latest news? Or give us some advice. Now I think it's time for Hysteria Hype. Yeah. And that's why we took intros <laughs> away, and this is gone now, too. Would you say it's not exactly on brand for the show? You can both eat my ass. Dude, you just don't get it. Seabot, you literally have one job, and that's to make this show better, and yet somehow week after week, you consistently fail at that. I watched Breakin' and Breakin' 2 this week. Check yourself, fools. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give him that one. All right. All right. All right. So let's get into it. Brent, this week we have a story from the Huffington Post. That's who I'll credit for this story. However, it's been all over the Internet. Can I just say Huffington Post? Very well read publication. And I hold them in high esteem. Well, I mean, if they talk about shows such as, I know, The Moth and Katie Couric and Hysteria 51 on there, you know they have to be in the same breath. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a long breath. There was a hundred shows listed, but (laughs) we were an up-and-coming show for the Huffington Post. That's true. That is true. All right, Brent. uh, Alex Jones definitely has nerve and a very short memory. Three months ago, the conspiracy theory-loving radio host apologized for spreading fake news about a child sex ring at Washington, D.C. pizzeria after an armed man stormed the place looking for victims. Remember that little... Hashtag Pizzagate. Yeah, and he learned his lesson, I think, you know. Right. Now he's helping promote an even more outrageous, bizarre, and we want to emphasize bogus theory that NASA is operating a child slave colony on Mars. Well, I mean, what's bogus, John? To make this. (laughs) They have to prove it's not true. Have they? Is it, is it, can, can it be falsified? Uh, to make sure this conspiracy theory doesn't catch fire, NASA was literally forced to deny it. <laughs> Recently, Jones interviewed Robert David Steele. That's a hell of a name. Uh, a man whose Wikipedia page lists him as an American activist and former Central Intelligence Agency clandestine services case officer. And porn actor with that name. <laughs> would, would that fit on a business card? Uh, not, well, I mean. <laughs> What are we talking about? You're wanting to fit on there with this porn credentials. I don't know know where to go with that. Former Central Intelligence Agency clandestine services case officer. Is that like the really fancy? Is that the really fancy way of saying like janitor at the CIA? That's exactly. Steele laid out a strange theory that suggested NASA not only has secretly sent humans to Mars without anyone knowing about it, but that it has done incredibly evil things in the process. Let's play the clip. This may strike your listeners as way out, but we actually believe that there is a colony on Mars that is populated by children who were kidnapped and sent into space on a 20-year ride uh, so that once they get to Mars, they have no alternative but to be slaves on the Mars colony. So there you have it. Uh, Steele also claimed these alleged Mars abductees were being killed for their blood and bone marrow. Quote, pedophilia does not stop with sodomizing children, Steele said. It goes straight into terrorizing them to adrenalize their blood and then murdering them. It also includes murdering them so that they can have their bone marrow harvested as well as body parts. This goes directly back to our reptilians episode. I mean, this is this was the whole like brunt of what it said they were doing, except that they were doing it here on earth now at least they've moved on to mars so after Steele said that you think you think your your guy jones probably you know shut him down said you mean your guy jones because this is your your article and you picked it (laughs) and but 
<laughs> See, you sound more like him. Um, we talked earlier about how you and he are, are uh, two birds of a feather. Just you and I. <laughs> he, he did not, in fact, shut it down. He did not, in fact, deny it. Instead, he said, this is the original growth hormone. <laughs> That's just because it makes his penis elongate. The thoughts of the thought of it and it grows. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Jones suggested he supported Steele's crazy claims by saying that 90% of NASA missions are secret and most people have no idea what's really happening. But he did then say, but I know this. We see a bunch of mechanical wreckage on Mars and people say, oh, look, it looks it looks like mechanics. They go, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. Clearly, they don't want us looking into what is happening. Every time probes go over, they turn them off. Much like what Jones says, I don't even really know what that means, but let, let's go with it. Mm-hmm. So the Daily Beast contacted NASA to get a response to this outrageous claim. NASA spokesman Guy Webster drew the short straw and had to comment on the segment. <laughs> Quote, there are no humans on Mars. There are active rovers on Mars. There was a good rumor going around last week that there weren't. However, there are no humans on Mars. Webster did have a great response when the Daily Beast asked him about the veracity of the rumor. Quote, there's only one stupid rumor on the Internet. Now that's news. So- oh, sorry. <laughs> and no one has heard from him since this article was written. <laughs> so Alex Jones once again comes up in the news because he claims things that are not necessarily provable. He's got his finger on the pulse of America is all I'm saying. I mean, um, we've got some episodes we haven't released yet that we've recorded that our people are going to hear we're going to be dealing with some individuals that i think think alex jones is probably one of the sheep and he doesn't go far enough right he's controlled resistance yeah. he's controlled resistance meaning that they people like him exist so that all the rest of us sheep actually believe the opposite of what he says yeah, like he's he's barking out the nonsense quote <laughs> air quotes there so that the rest of us you know won't look into or remember what's really happened in the past. Pepperidge Farm remembers. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to a little bit more of the Alex Jones show and, uh, he had, he took some calls and they, each one of them referred to him as a, as a patriot when they called in. Alex, M- Mr. Jones, yep. sir, you are a patriot. Yeah. Yeah. First time caller, long time stalker. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Enough Alex Jones. He gets enough press anyway. Yep, formalities out of the way. Let's get into Roswell. Brent, how's the show going to go down? Well, first, we're going to dive into the basic timeline of the incident. We'll approach it from the perspective that there was indeed a cover-up. Otherwise, we'd have no story to tell you, and really, there has to have been some sort of cover-up. And for the record, it's a doozy. That is, she could speak in bold, because it is a doozy of a story. It's kind of like a boil on the ass for either side of this story. Alien, you know, ufologists hate this story, and ufology ufology debunkers hate this fucking story. So after that, we'll need to freshen up our drinks. And maybe your pants. (laughs) Maybe. And so (laughs) we'll take a quick break and then dive deeper into the investigations, whether or not there's a smoking gun and arguments for and against the UFO story being true. We'll finish up with our thoughts, but first, John, Hit me with a little gofopedia on the Roswell incident. All right. So the Roswell incident actually refers to like 16 different stories that all happened at one time. And it just depends on which one you and believe. And not even and, really one crash. There was right. like up to like six. We're kind of just focusing on the Corona crash, the one major, the central story in this whole thing. Right. So if you look at the central story, there's two versions. And, and I want to say this real quick, too. We have... Push this into as concise of a story as we can. 
we're still going to use names and dates, but we're not going to hit you with as many as a lot of these shows do because you will not be able to follow this while listening along if we did. Have you ever seen one of those old movies where an investigator is renting a, a cheap room at the local motel just because he's in town trying to find the killer? And up on that room, there's just Polaroids and string and tacks and a map all there outlining. Oh, my basement. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you would need a couple of those to try to even understand the intricacies of the yeah. the supposed Roswell story. Yeah. So back to Gofopedia, Gofo. All right. So so two major versions here. Uh, f- number one, in July 1947, a United States Air Force balloon crashed at a ranch in Corona near Roswell, New Mexico. The officials mistakenly reported it as a flying saucer. Following wide initial interest in the crashed, quote, flying disc, the U.S. military stated that it merely was a conventional weather balloon. Interest subsequently waned until the late 70s when ufologists began promoting a variety of increasingly elaborate conspiracy theories, claiming that one or more alien spacecraft had crash-landed and that the extraterrestrial occupants had been recovered by the military who then engaged in a cover-up. Okay, so that's that's option one. What's behind door number two? Behind door number two, let's try this version. In July 1947, a flying saucer crashed at a ranch near Roswell, New Mexico. Officials originally reported as it was a flying saucer, but soon retracted that account and stated instead that it was a weather balloon because they wanted to cover up their findings and keep the population in the dark. Interest subsequently waned until the late 70s when ufologists began investigating the story and uncovering the truth that one or more alien spacecraft had crash landed and that the extraterrestrial occupants had been removed by the military who then engaged in a cover up. So basically, option one, the government is here for you. They are just making sure you get the correct information. And it was just a balloon. Option two. The government is here for you. <laughs> it's all about inflection. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I have so, so many problems with the email. Only you can prevent forest fires, John. Only you. Actually, with the, the state of our government, it might actually only be you. It's so literally I me. Sh- I'm, I'm, I'm out joke. there with a pail and a shovel. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into the timeline of this, because this is one of those stories that, like, it happened and it was over. This kind of spanned a few days. Well, and then then a few decades after that. But this is the let's hit the timeline of the actual incident and what happened. So it starts in early 47, not just in July when the the crash happened. America was experiencing sweeping reports of UFOs all across the Western United States. Now, let's think about that. 1947, World War II had just ended. Right. Okay. We had just been or we're in the throes at that time of project paperclip which was a bag grab snatch and grab of all nazi and german scientists knowledge everything so i'm not saying that there couldn't have been a lot of you know from out of this world things but there's probably a lot of planes and shit flying around too that people are like what the fuck is that and uh it was probably just commandeered or who knows nazi weapons and propaganda of some sort well and and that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it goes along with the whole Area 51 thing. Um, we, we don't know what has been UFOs there and what isn't. It's just unidentified by the people watching. You know, for UFO the, does not mean alien. Correct. It just means unidentified. So we're going to go into the 2nd of July. It's a Wednesday. And around 9.50 p.m., Mr. and Mr. Dan Wilmot reported seeing an oval-shaped UFO near their house at South Penn Roswell, moving northwest towards the crash site. Dan Wilmot estimated that it was around 1,500 feet up and 
between 15 and 20 feet in diameter. Mac Brazel, who's a name we're going to get used to hearing, and others hear a loud explosion after that. Now, this is out in the middle of fucking nowhere. Corona is BFE if there ever was one. Right. Mac Brazel had no television. He didn't even have a fucking radio. And the only news he got was like when he went to the big town of Roswell to get drunk and read the paper if they right. had one at the bar. That I, was his his I don't even think he had like functioning running water. No, he, he lived li- in like a shack. He lives in a shack right. on, on in the middle of fucking nowhere. Now the the witness, Dan Wilmot, I, I do find it kind of funny. I always get I always get stuck on specificity of details, and I do here too. 1,500 feet, and it was 15 to 20 feet in diameter. If something flew by me right now, there's no way I could assess that. That's because, you know, you're not as smart as Dan Wilmot. I mean, that's easy. That's I don't even need scientific method. I just, you know, that's fact. <laughs> that's just table stakes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, moving on. So 3rd and 4th of July, Mac Brazel, accompanied by seven-year-old neighbor Dee Proctor, discovers a large amount of lightweight metallic debris the quote unquote what was crashed. he doing wandering through a field with because, a seven-year-old that wasn't his? Because he was tending to sheep and he was teaching them how to tend to the sheep. How to so shepherd? He's, he's moving the sheep through. And what had happened was the sheep wouldn't get, he said, wouldn't get near the crash site. They, they didn't want to be around it. And it had drug. Like he said, like, you know, you'd think a plane hits the ground, but it wasn't deep, but it was long and he couldn't get the sheep to cross over it. So he had to take them around. And it was just, you know, he was like, a, he was the hand and he was teaching the kid how to do it. So Brazel was a foreman on the Foster Ranch and these pieces were spread over a large area. And when Brazel and Dee drove back home, he showed a piece of the wreckage to Dee's parents, Floyd and Loretta Proctor, and it was agreed the debris was unlike anything they'd seen before. And the Brazels removed a large circular piece of debris from the debris field and stored it in a shed. And they said when you would hold it up, like there were strips that were no thicker, they said, than they used that, like the foil from like, a cigarette pack, a cigarette pack. And it was maybe, let's say, three or four feet long and an inch wide. And they said you couldn't bend it. You couldn't do anything. And if you hit it with a sledge or a hammer, it would just bounce off of it and not dent whatsoever. The only part I didn't understand uh, when I was doing my research, I read the same thing that you couldn't bend it. But then they would also say that you crumpled it up and it returned to That was to the form. outside skin. So these were like the bars. like, And then they had the outside skin. They said that it was skin is just a term that they use. Like, uh, it would be like the covering. You would crumple it up and then it would pop back in to its normal shape, but there was no creases whatsoever like you would oh, okay. see in aluminum foil. So then we got to go on to the fifth and Mac Brazel is in Corona and here's about a $3,000 reward money for information on a flying disc because he actually just goes here's to the bar. At, he's at the bar. He's, he's a, would you say he's an alcoholic? He's, I, I don't know. We don't talk much anymore. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So Brazel said he was struck by the unusual properties of the debris and after dragging a large piece of it to the shed, he took some over to show the proctors as we'd said. He's like, this has got to be a fucking UFO. Uh, that's, that's the well, only and, thing it can be. And making that jump was not hard for people back then because there were so many reports all across the country of those flying discs. Mm-hmm. It, it was like before Roswell happened for a few months, there was flying disc mania. It's kind of like the um, the triangle ships like like over Phoenix and shit like that. That was something that for a few months there, everyone was seeing it. And there's photos and videos like 
there was something there, right, you know, right, like right. something was there. And so at this time, who knows, like you said, it could have been the U.S. government doing things, but people all over the place that were not connected. Mac Brazel wasn't getting online and going, I'm going to make me a hoax, <laughs> you know, like. No, 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 not at all. But it it is reminiscent of a show that or a topic that we did a few shows ago, and that was the Aurora, Texas UFO incident that yeah. happened in the late 1800s. Because just like this, there had been reports all across the Western United States of of flying objects. Yeah, yeah. More importantly, though, with Aurora, nothing was flying at that fucking time. So <laughs> the Wright brothers hadn't even flown yet. So they're like, "Well, that's the devil." <laughs> So on the 6th of July, Mac Brazel showed pieces of the wreckage to Chavez County Sheriff George Wilcox. Wilcox, after some prodding, called Roswell Army Airfield, AAF, and talked to Major Jesse Marcel. And we'll hear more about Jesse. Jesse plays a big, a big role in this. The intelligence officer. Marcel drove. He's a good looking man, too. (laughs) Marcel drove to the sheriff's office and inspected the wreckage. So we got William Blanchard, Marcel's commanding officer, ordered Marcel to get some someone from the counterintelligence corps and proceed to the ranch with Brazel to collect as much of the wreckage as they could. So long story short, Brazel brings it into the sheriff. The sheriff calls the army. The army sends out Marcel. Uh, and, and Marcel goes, what the fuck? Because this isn't like, <laughs> right. hey, run the town over. It took them a whole day just to get near. They had to camp out in the middle of nowhere and then return to traveling the next day just to get there. What kind of rations do you think they brought with them? Cold beans and probably those biscuits that crumble. Oh, like hardtack kind mm, of? Hardtack. That's the word I was looking for. Couldn't think of it. <laughs> that's just what you eat. You eat beans and tack. Alternative facts. <laughs> So soon after they get there to see all the, the wreckage, the military police arrive in the sheriff's office and they collect the wreckage that Braswell had left and deliver the wreckage to Blanchard's office. The wreckage was then flown to 8th Air Force headquarters in Fort Worth and from there to Washington. Marcel and Cavett accompanied Brazel back to the car to go back to the debris field. And the two deputies returned to Sheriff Wilcox, having found an area of blackened ground, which, if you remember, Brazel had said, his sheep wouldn't go over it or right, anything right, like right. that. Marcel Cavett stayed at Brazel's ranch to examine a large piece of debris stored in his shed that he'd carted off. So the, so the, there's a lot of, there's a lot of different evidence here. The initial load of evidence that he brought into the cop's office, that's mm-hmm. what got flown away to, yeah. to, uh, but then, uh, they took him, Brazel, back to his field, the two guys from the army and said, all right, let's clean up more of this shit, right? Yep. Yep, there they go. So then we're on the 7th of July. Marcel and Cavett collect wreckage from the crash site. And after filling Cravett's vehicle with wreckage, Marcel told Cavett to go on ahead and he would collect more wreckage. And they would meet later back at Roswell. That just, sounds, that just sounds suspicious. You go on back. I'll be, I'll be, yeah. <laughs> Everything will be fine here. So Marcel filled his vehicle with wreckage. And on his way back to the Air Force, he stops at home. And it's like 1 or 2 a.m. To show his wife and son some of the strange material. He's like, baby, baby, wake up. I got something to show you. He literally woke him up. And his wife and son, Jesse Jr., examined the debris Jesse Sr. had brought home. And Jesse Jr. remembers there were pink and purple and lavender symbols along the center section of some of the small metallic I-beams that I talked about. 
amongst the debris. They said that they looked like hieroglyphics and shit like that. And then around at 4 p.m. later that day, Lydia Sleppy at Roswell radio station KSWS began transmitting a story on the teletype machine regarding a crashed flying saucer on the Foster Ranch. Transmission was interrupted seemingly by the FBI. So they're like, eh, maybe don't talk about that. Well, that's conjecture, right? The FBI state. All we know is it stopped. No, we know everything that people say about the FBI is true or they wouldn't say it. <laughs> Touche. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Then on the 8th of July at 11 a.m., Blanchard dictates a press release on the recovery of a flying disc to Walter Hout. Hout goes into town to deliver his press release to the radio station newspapers, which first is at the station KGFL, where he gives the release to Frank Joyce, meaning the military just came out and said, hey, we found a fucking flying saucer. So Blanchard's the guy that ordered the other two officers to go out yep. and clean the shit up, right? Then they brought it to him and he said, yep. That's a fucking flying saucer. One one version of this story or one one belief structure behind this story is that they really did find a flying saucer. He put the press release out to go, Ooh, thank God. Now we know what the hell uh, has been terrorizing people all along the West Coast yeah. uh, this entire time. We found one good for us. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily alien, just yeah. whatever was flying around, we've got one. Yep. So this day gets, there's a lot to this day. The 8th of July was a busy day. So then the information is put on the AP wire and first flight in arrives from Washington, D.C., carrying a special team of photographers and Robert Thomas. So William Woody and his father, still curious about their sightings, set out on Highway 285 to the north of Roswell to travel to Raymond. The military had all the side roads and tracks of 285 blocked off a few miles south of Raymond. And then there's a turnoff to Highway 247, which would take you by the general area of the Foster Ranch. This also was blocked by MPs. So what we're saying is the entire area, all roads leading are blocked. You can't some locals, get to the area. Some locals wanted to go investigate. Some had they, already been there. And they some could not to get go back, back in. News of the recovery spreads as the story hits the wire services. Phone lines at the base are lit up. The sheriff's office, the newspaper, radio offices are all tied up. The only newspapers that carried the initial flying saucer version of the story were the evening papers from the Midwest to the West. So the East Coast hadn't caught it because it was too late in the day. And this included actually the Chicago Daily News, the Los Angeles Herald Express, San Francisco Examiner, blah, 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 blah. The New York Times, Washington Post, and the Chicago Tribune were morning papers, and they only carried the cover-up story. <laughs> Quote, question mark, the next <laughs> Cover morning. Cover-up. Sheriff Wilcox sends two more deputies to the brief field, and they're turned back by MPs. So Wilcox, who's been in charge, he's the one who called the military thing, sends another more people out there. And the military goes, nothing more to see here. Get the fuck out. Kevin and Rickett <laughs> return to the Roswell base with Brazel. Brazel's flown back to the brief field from the base. Other planes from Roswell are, are similarly strafing the area, making sure that they can see anything that's going on. And the UFO impact site is discovered from the air. Ground groups are directed to it. And the cover-up or the finding of the weather balloon is fully underway. So at this point, it's cat out of the bag. The The military is like, we need to control this thing. Yeah, so we're going to send every, in a bunch of people. And everyone's trying to get there. Like we said, every phone line, everything's tied up. People are trying to find out what's going on. And military goes into panic mode. Right. So they got planes in the sky everywhere trying to see what's going on. And that's why a lot of people say it's not just this one landing spot. It's multiple crash sites. Colonel Blanchard goes on leave from the base, but he actually leaves to 
visit the debris field a lot. Hey of guys, say. Uh, I'm I'm kind of hungry. I'm gonna run down to the uh, the cafe. I'll I'll be back in a in a bit. Cheese it. Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> <laughs> so material had been brought from the debris, debris field and loaded onto a C-54. And Captain Pappy Henderson flies his second flight. Well, can you can you say that for me Pap- one more time? Captain Pappy Henderson. Captain Pappy Henderson. Now you got to understand something. We're talking about Roswell in this base a lot. This is a famous base for a very good reason. This base handled the full brunt of the nuclear arsenal that the United States had. It's not like now where every man, woman, and child had a nuclear When you say this base, them. are you talking about Roswell or Wrightfield? Roswell. From Roswell is where they flew and dropped the bombs on Japan. Hiroshima and this Nagasaki. This is the most important air base in the world at that point in time. Because we only had one nuke team. Yeah. We only had one. And, and that was them. At that time, they controlled, I think, 15 nuclear devices is how many we had. Yeah. So then Pappy flies a second flight out of right field. Third flight out, a B-29 carries Marcel to Fort Worth Army Airfield. And a few wrapped packages of, quote, unquote, debris are also on the plane. We're, we're, we're talking about what flights, because you can go through each one of these flights and the, you can write a book about what happened in all these flights? So, the veal was served. It was yeah. delicious. Um, drinks uh, didn't come until after we had uh, ascended cruising altitude. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone's playing with alien debris that we have no idea if it's radioactive. <laughs> Actually, they knew it wasn't radioactive. They took a Geiger counter to it and it didn't chirp. So they're like, well, put it in your mouth. You're We're fine. Getting- <laughs> yeah. I'm sure no alien was licking it or coughed on it before you we got around it. So. I'm getting ready to enter into fatherhood. Uh, I think that should be a good uh, rule of thumb. If yeah. I run a Geiger counter against something, my future child is welcome to stick yeah. it in their mouth. Stick it in your mouth. Clamp continues at the crash site. Brazel is flown back to the base, then leaves and is located by Walt Whitmore of radio station KGFL, who interviews him about his find. Blanchard visits the debris field and impact site with his staff. And a second flight from Washington, D.C. arrives at the base. Ricky gives the crew a sealed box filled with debris, and the plane returns shortly to Washington. The fourth flight out. And the Roswell Daily Record carries RAAF Captures Flying Saucer Story. That's the big headline that you see everyone posts on online. A couple a couple things on this. How many radio stations did this middle of nowhere podunk town actually have? There's a lot. Well, considering that's the only shit that they really had at the time <laughs> was radio. So, yeah. Also, uh, I, I read a little side story. Walt Whitmore, the... the um, reporter actually spent the night with brazel they at his house for one reason or another they got delayed and like and there are some reports that whitmore sort again of it's in the kid, middle of fucking nowhere too some people conspiracy conspiracy theorists believe whitmore might have kidnapped brazel yeah trying to get the the more milk toast version of the story out of him uh it, it more just seems like what you just said it is kind of in the middle of nowhere call corona, it a night corona is 75 miles from roswell right 75 miles, a lot of these people, as far as they were fucked. Which out. begs the question, why is it called the Roswell incident? Well, you know, just like why is the Indianapolis 500 ran in Speedway, Indiana, instead of Indianapolis? You know? Why is his name conspiracy bot when he doesn't understand any conspiracies and really just sits around and drinks? What? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so we got Sergeant Melvin looks under a tarp in the back of a truck. This guy has came out and near the impact site and says he sees several alien looking bodies. Glenn Davis, a local mortician, is in- intrigued by several inquiries from the base about tissue preservation and small caskets he had available. They wanted multiple the small, caskets. The, 
what smallest caskets did he have available? Children's caskets. That, that were also able to be um, hermetically sealed. Yeah. And he said they want to know, like, what could they do for, you know, formaldehyde or what do they need to preserve dead tissue? So, so imagine, hey, uh, yeah, no reason I'm asking, but a few questions. If I was trying to preserve a bunch of dead tissue, what would I use? All right, uh, ask them how many children's caskets they got. <laughs> <laughs> Unrelated follow-up question. Do you happen to have any child-sized caskets, and can they be hermetically sealed? But don't worry about any of these questions. These are all just in theory. And then a lot of people will tell you that pathologist Dr. Jesse Johnson Jr. attempts a preliminary autopsy at the base hospital. Then – uh, Dennis, Glenn Dennis tries to visit the base hospital, but it's turned away forcibly and a nurse friend warns him to leave before he gets in trouble. So, so Dennis is that, is that, um, is the, the local mortician. Yeah. And he wants to know what the hell's going on. You get a phone call like that. You're going to be somewhat interested. Your, your curiosity will be piqued. Yeah. So he goes to the local hospital and says, Listen, I know a nurse inside there. I'll just go in there. I'll ask her what's up and we'll figure it in. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll come to an understanding. He goes in there and she's got like, um, the, the, she's white face. She, yeah, she's white face. Like she's like she's seen the devil, and he is here. And uh, you need to leave, and you need to leave right now before you get into real, real trouble. And on his way out, um, they see him. MPs literally pick him up by each elbow and escort him out. And other army officers are making jokes about turning him into kibble for the dogs. Right. So, needless to say, it was a alarming visiting to the hospital that day and you're going to hear about that a lot with these people the other witnesses to the crash site things like that including the children mps and the sheriff at the time showed up with baseball bats and told them if you talk about what you see we'll just kill you like it's that simple your parents will never find you or to the parents we're just going to 86 you no one's ever going to know where you're at that was, that was the early version of the Men in Black before they kind of refined their yeah, methods. They hadn't, <laughs> they hadn't worked out all the kinks yet. Yeah. <laughs> so then on the 9th of July, troops continue to clean up the crash site. And at the base, three C-54s begin to load, begin to be loaded with crates filled with debris. And then Senator Dennis Chavez calls Walt Whitmore Sr. to warn him against broadcasting an interview with Brazel. A representative of the FCC threatens to pull his broadcasting license if he. So you said maybe he snuck in there and got it. They say, if you fucking air this, we will bury you. Same as the infamous interview where they spent the night together. Right. So officers from the base locate Brazel, who had stayed with Whitmore and returned to the base for questioning. Brazel is taken by the military to the office of the Roswell Daily Record, where he gives a revised, sanitized version of the story. A special Secret Service envoy representing President Truman arrives from Washington, and the crate with bodies is moved from the hangar to bomb pit number one, and that's with Floyd Proctor and Lynn Strickland escorted by soldiers. Poor, poor Brazel, and, and a lot of these guys that were. It's like it's like it's like my clerk. goddamn sheep owner. I wasn't even supposed to be here today. Yep. The officers from the base visit newspapers and radio offices in town and recover all copies of the original press release. Brazel's taken to radio station KGFL, where he gives a revised again version of the story. Then three fully loaded C-54s carrying debris to Los Alamos, New Mexico, via Kirkland Field at 4 p.m. leave. The crate from the bomb pit number one is transferred to a B-29 and flown to Fort Worth. And then the Roswell Daily Record carries a sanitized version of Brazel's story at 8 p.m. And Marcel arrives back in Roswell finally later that night. 
And and all of this stuff is is basically like chain of evidence stuff, right? Yeah. I just want to get it out because these are the, the notes that people dwell on. Yeah. Right, right. Because the devil is in the details if evident if box A of of alien material yeah. was replaced with box B of rubber bands and rubber cement. Yeah. So then I don't July- know where I came up with <laughs> those two, but then July tenth, cleanup continues at the crash site. Brazel continues to be interrogated and held at a guest house on the base. Remaining debris confiscated from Sheriff Wilcox and personnel is collected. All the little, we're going to tuck this in our pocket and keep it for ourselves. No, you're not. We're going to take it. And then finally, on July. Can we we define what a guest house is? I can't imagine it was comfortable. (laughs) It was not like a a carriage house on Uh, a large property. It's a box, but it has a hole in it. (laughs) Right. You can breathe. Yeah. It's nice of them. So then the 11th of July, MPs and others involved in their retrieval debris are debriefed and told to forget that it happened. This included Brazel after following his period of detention. So then Brazel repeated his initial story and come to find out. Then, you know, Razzle's driving a new vehicle and he quits his <laughs> job and he gets his own place and he's moving all the way up in society. All because of. Uh, Cement ponds and movie stars. Yeah, uh, good life choices. No, I don't think so. <laughs> you know, the, the. The thing about, okay, so the story that we just took you through is, is the conspiracy version. Obviously, if none of this happened and it was just weather balloons, there weren't alien bodies involved and, and things of that nature. But even if it was weather balloons, why all the cover up and, and right. flying it everywhere? I mean, there's no question. It's, it's, it's the behavior on the, no matter the parts of the story that are, are not questioned by anyone, no one can disagree is very strange behavior. The base in Roswell flew two balloons every day for months or years prior to every day. It is not a leap to say that everyone working at that base knew what the fuck a weather balloon looked like. I know what a weather balloon looks like, you know? I mean, we've all seen them. So to think when one crashed, and even if it was some sort of, which we'll get into, maybe it was a top secret weather balloon, still is it so advanced that you're like, oh my God, oh wait, I don't know. Well, and we know for a fact that they were lying because they themselves later on come out and acknowledge the fact that they were lying. And we'll get into that after the break here on Hysteria 51. Hola, David. Me amo Brent. Bonjour, uh, Brent. Je m'appelle David. You didn't do Spanish. I thought if we were going to do this together, we'd do the same language. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's uh, that's on brand for us. I, that, I I just thought romance languages yeah. was the key. Everything I say is romantic, and that is thanks to Rosetta Stone. <laughs> you guys, we, we've been touting these things forever. We love Rosetta Stone, and we actually are users. David, you've really been using it even for longer than I. What's your experience been like? Oh, it's been great. The thing is, uh, you really get to learn how to speak and think in that language with it. So it's very high on pronunciation too. So (laughs) you can, you know, learn how to speak. And you know, our show is all about proper pronunciation. (laughs) In that pronunciation. Yeah, that's right. But it's, they design it for long-term retention, you know, and uh, if you don't get the pronunciation right, you, you say it until you do. And then, you know, that, that just seeps into your head. Well, and that's why, you know, this has been trusted by experts for 30 years and, there's over 25 different languages that you can learn and people, millions and millions of users use it because like you said, it does seep in and you're using it with, you know, you get speech recognition and mm-hmm. it, it hears you. You get to use like the built-in true accent features that gives you this pronunciation, which is super convenient and you can do it at your own time. And 
I don't know if you know this, but I'm all about value. And you get a one-time purchase, 25 languages. If I learned all 25 languages, I'd be so confused or really cool. <laughs> I'd go in and out. But you'd be real marketable. But literally, though, this is something that we use. And we have both of us have given the seal of approval because we want to do this long term. And uh, it's something that uh, it works. You know, and we don't yeah. we don't do long term um, stuff like this. And this is this is the one that we've chosen, and we love it. So, all you guys got to do don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now, as we've told you a thousand times, and it's always now. Right now, get now. started for Larry. Limited time. His Air Fifty One listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for fifty percent off. How much? Fifty percent. Visit Rosetta Stone dot com slash today that's 50 percent off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your unnatural life wow redeem redeem, redeem. how do they do it rush day you're 50 percent off rush day redeem it 50 percent off rosettastone.com slash today do it today after years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when Brent and I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, we thought, man, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Brent is trying to plan right now and says that it works like a charm from Chicago to Nashville as he makes his big old move. Mint Mobile is working for him. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. So ditch the overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash hysteria. That's mintmobile, M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash hysteria, H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash hysteria. $45 upfront payment required. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. back everybody into our roswell episode and i'm sure you've been keeping notes at home and keeping all the names straight and dates because there's gonna be a test at the end when you told me originally that we were doing roswell i thought you meant we were going to do some fan fiction on everyone's favorite tv show roswell oh well i mean we could have went that way john you just didn't tell me what you wanted that's another route it's like we're married you just never tell me what you want john wow (laughs) (laughs) hey brent what do you want for dinner I, i i i you know what sounds really good to me uh, a pizza. No, no, I, I, I'm not in the mood for that, but whatever you want. Uh, okay. Okay. No problem. No problem. How about, um, sub sandwiches? No, no, no. I don't want that. I mean, but whatever you want, just let me know what you want. We'll go there. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, just a burger and fries. That's simple. No, oh, no, we're not having that. But I mean, Man. whatever you want. Um, okay. All right. How about left field? You, you don't want any of that other kind of food. Maybe just some sushi. 
No, no, I mean, no, I'm not. I'm not in a sushi mood. But just tell, I mean, tell me what you want, and we'll go eat it. You're all idiots. <laughs> He's calling us idiots. My wife's giving me the stink eye. I think it's because she's it's hitting a little close. Is it close to home? Maybe we should edit this out so Stacy can't hear it. That's either. right. So, investigation into Roswell. Roswell kind of happened, and then the whole world just said, mm, "I like the okay. segue there. You just didn't fuck with it. You don't you- need segues, John." <laughs> No need segues. Dick. Well, back to Alex Jones. <laughs> Investigation into Roswell. <laughs> so the crazy thing about Roswell is the events there were forgotten for so long. It wasn't investigated for 30 plus fucking years. At another point, many of the stories are second and third hand accounts. Are there any fourth hand accounts? <laughs> no. <laughs> I love how he cut us off, but then played along, too. It's perfect. Well, that's, that's him in a nutshell. <laughs> so now it's 2017, and there are no firsthand accounts left alive still. So it's kind of one of those stories. He said, she said that they said that her uncle said that my grandpa was there, um, which is most stories. But there's some good grainy video that you can well, sort of halfway make out what they're saying. It's like the telephone game, but with people's lives. <laughs> <laughs> Need. So arguments for the cover-up. A lot of people say that this was just a huge cover-up over alien technology and an alien crash. So due to growing public interest in an inquiry into the matter by New Mexico Congressman Steve Schiff, the Air Force later admitted that the weather balloon explanation was a cover-up in an exhaustive report debunking the idea that the debris was actually from an extraterrestrial spacecraft. Controlled resistance, Brent. Mm-hmm. This controlled resistance. Their conclusion was that it was from a top-secret project called Project Mogul. Mogul's purpose was to send balloons aloft with sensitive listening devices that could detect Russian nuclear tests. And they suspected Ramey switched out the debris to maintain the, the secrecy of Project Mogul. First time I heard the term Project Mogul, I just assumed it was Suge Knight's latest album yeah, or project. Dropping, yeah. He's so hot right now. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. So they're, they're well, trying actually, to... Wouldn't he be cold as he's in the ground? Suge Knight's not dead. Shug Knight's dead. He is? I think. Let's go to the wiki. No, he's alive, you dum-dum. I thought he was dead. He got shot in the chest. (laughs) Yeah, Project Mogul does make sense that they would be, number one, this is the arsenal for America's atomic weapons. They want to be able to look into what the Russians are doing. This is right by where the original atomic blast had happened. It's right not that far from Area 51 and all the atomic blasts that are happening out there. It just makes sense that this project would be something that they would want to keep under wraps. But these people say, nope, that was just a cover up. And now, a- now, if if Project Mogul was true, right, which Project Mogul probably was true. I mean, meaning it was the reason for the Roswell incident. OK, it would make sense to your earlier point where you said, you know, Everybody at this base is going to know what a weather balloon looks like. Yeah. Perhaps, but they might not know what the super secret. But I think they would know what a weather balloon with, uh, you know, a, it's still a weather balloon. It just has technology on top of it. You know, who knows? Who knows? Upon arriving in Fort Worth, Marcel was escorted to Ramey's office where a photographer and Ramey's chief of staff, Colonel Thomas Dubois, were waiting. On the floor was material that Marcel later said was obviously from a weather balloon. An actual weather balloon. Yes. However, according to Marcel, this was not the material he had collected in New Mexico. 
They pulled the old switcheroo, I guess, you know. And the three men had then had their pictures taken with the weather balloon debris. This is the the infamous pictures yeah. that you've seen holding up what looks like tinfoil. Three men had their pictures taken. The pictures used in articles claiming it was a mistake and that, you know, it's just a big misunderstanding. And the flying saucer had actually turned out to be a weather balloon. Marcel says he was ordered to go along with a story. And like a good soldier, he did. And he did what he was told, no questions asked. So Dubois was interviewed shortly before his death in 1991, and he said, too, that it was a cover-up. And conspiracy about if you will, you've got a clip of that. cover story, the balloon part of it, is the story that's to be given to the press, and that is it, and, and anything else, forget it. McMullen told me, you are not to discuss this, and this is a point of which this is more than top secret, as he said. It. Beyond that, it's within my priority as deputy to, to George Kenny, and he in turn responsible to the president. This is the highest priority you can exist, and you will say nothing, and that's the end of it. And Dubois, who is the chief of staff, who is the, you know, the right-hand man of Ramey shortly before his death, as you just heard, says it was a cover-up. Now, the one thing people point to this interview as a one of many smoking guns, not necessarily. He's saying it was a cover-up. He did not say the word alien. No, he just said that this is horse shit. Correct. Which I usually put that into everything that government says. It's horse shit. <laughs> just going to go with it. Nothing is fake news. Fake news. <laughs> Five of the seven firsthand witnesses that were not military said it was extraterrestrial. There is no way what they saw was from this earth. All right. Let me ask a it's question. Compelling. It, 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 no, it really is. I, I, I mean, five of seven. That, that's that, those are good. Those are good odds. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask a question here. Everywhere we read accounts of the story. It's a question of like what material it was. Was it just the foil from a weather balloon or foil looking material? Or was it these these crazy eye beams with hieroglyphics and uh, a skin that couldn't be, you know, that would torn or punctured? Correct. Went correct. back to yeah, form yeah. But we've the whole time we've been talking about flying saucers. There's never talk of debris that was actually pieces of a saucer. Like what? Wh- what's where did all that go? Well, the point of this is is people say this is one of many places. So the whole thought process is that these saucers were being seen all over the United States. Got that. Okay. The United States decides we need to fucking track them and see what's going on, especially out in Nevada and the, and uh, New Mexico and all these areas where we have our atomic testings and things going on. So what do they do? They fire up the old radar dishes and they blanket the sky with radar. Well, UFOlogists say that the aliens, I guess, hadn't thought about radar or that's not maybe some it fucked with their ships and they started falling out of the sky left and right. So somehow like the the microwaves or whatever that comes from from radar fucked with their shit and these ships were falling everywhere. Like they say that Roswell was one of like six crashes right there. Yeah, the the, the crash where they talk about the bodies, yeah. that was actually a different crash. And they found the other five quickly, and this one was like a needle in the haystack. They know they went down, they didn't know where. And luckily Brazel comes up and goes, Hey, I've got this fucking debris field, and I don't know what's going on. And they're you like all know what this is? Yeah, they're like, Oh, thanks, you know. And you've got you're talking about there's other places where they've got bodies. There's a guy named 
Barney, he had a group of students who were archaeologists or rock hunters and were importantly at the impact site where they did find the bodies the bodies the right 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 and the army comes up and goes get the fuck out of here and he's like oh we're with you know we have permission and they're like get the fuck out of here or we're gonna kill you so but if you believe 100 that that the the particular crash that we're talking about in today's show yeah if you believe that that was i don't mean you brent i yeah. just mean conspiracy theorists you believe that that was an alien craft why is there just i-beams and foil like where where is the rest of it? Well, I mean, if something hits hard enough, it'll break apart. Uh, but I do agree, and maybe this was just it skidded through that area, tore apart, and then it. You know, if you're moving fast enough, a few miles down the road is a completely different area, and maybe they found that other, and this was just where they didn't find it, and that was covered up better. Yeah, yeah. You know, who knows? I'm now that's I'm just playing devil's advocate there. I I don't know. Maybe this. So was, you're saying the area where the sheep wouldn't cross was just a little piece of it. You ever throw a stone at a water and dip 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 dip, and it skips? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe this was one of no, those. No, it skip makes spots, sense. It makes you know? sense. I mean, it's all supposition because nobody knows what happened for no. sure. But no, that that makes sense. Yeah. So uh, arguments that it's not a cover up. Well, the government came out and said it was a flying fucking saucer. You know, that's that was their first reaction. Yeah. Not until they had further explored the wreckage did they realize that it was a balloon. And then they reported the truth to the papers and everywhere. Hey, uh, we were with you. We thought, what the fuck? Turns out it's just the same balloon we use every fucking day. Here you go. <laughs> this this is the most compelling piece of evidence to me. People's actions often beguile their intent. Okay. So you can say whatever you want. It was this, it was that. But your actions in the first twenty four hours. Tell me you didn't know what it was. I mean, you're, you're running around like a chicken with your head cut off. You're sending troops out there. You, you, you issue a press release saying it was a flying saucer and then you retract it less than 24 hours later. That's, that just, that smells of we don't know what this is. Because let's, yeah. let's say on the, on the, on the anti-conspiracy theory side that it was something that the government had concocted. Well, if it was something the government concocted, I guarantee you they'd have a protocol in place should one of them go down. Let's even say that the U.S. government has never found aliens. We have nothing. We have no idea if Correct. they're out there. There is still a protocol where they know if you feel it's like the first Transformers where he goes, I am not of liberty to speak to you because I do not have large enough clearance. He's like, well, who's your your leader? I am not a liberty to say because <laughs> I don't have clearance to tell you because I don't have, you know, like you, I'm sure that that's those orders are in place yes. somewhere. Yes. Also, two of the seven. So five said it was out of this world. Two of them like, oh, no, it was strange, but it was just experimental made here on Earth. It didn't seem that crazy to me. Um who knows? You've got the guys that did take pieces home and said they put in like boiling water and they're beating on it and shit. And they can't get it to damage. Um, they obviously had more time with these pieces, but again, firsthand account. And they're like, well, no, it's, it's who knows? Let's change gears though. We've been saying it was just a even when balloon. We, even when we say it's against a cover-up, we're still making the argument that it's for a cover-up. It's a cover-up. <laughs> this was a cover-up. We know that. They admitted it. Yeah. This was a cover-up. What if it was not a weather balloon, but it also wasn't a flying saucer, but they actually thought it was at first? So that is something crazy to think about. Think about in back in the day when they did War of the Worlds and the pandemonium that swept this nation. People were, you know, going outside with their guns and shooting at people and doing all this shit because they thought the fucking world was being invaded by aliens. If I was an enemy of the state, I that would I, I would look lick my lips and your name salivate. would be Will Smith. <laughs> That's right. I would lick my lips and salivate at 
something like that. Like that is perfect. So there's 2014 book chaos. I mean, chaos is the best thing you can hope. Absolutely. I read a book and I actually, that's a lie. I listened to it on audio book. Okay. That's what we thought. 2014 Operation Paperclip, the secret intelligence program that brought Nazi scientists to America by Annie Jacobson. And it's a good book. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. That's exactly right. This book detailed Project Paperclip, which was after World War II. And I, and I, I spoke on this earlier. It was a mad grab to get all the Nazi scientists and technology and everything. And Project Paperclip was the the project where we went and got them. And she states that she was told by a confidential source that Roswell was staged so that the USA would think it was a UFO crash. It would cause mass panic, mayhem, hysteria. And she says that her informant, and this is again, all the other stories in this can be corroborated and they were true. This is the only one. It was a, um, you know, off the record. Don't use my real name. She says her informant says it was perpetrated by none other than the Russians, but it gets better than that. They use Nazi scientists for the tech because the Nazis already had flying saucers. She said during world war two and none other than Joseph fucking Mengele literally aided the Russians in creating deformed humans so that they would assume they were from another world. Mengele, if you remember, was the guy in World War II that was, you know, cutting people apart and trying to put them back together and, and putting brains in other, the, the craziest shit in the world. This dude trying to make chimeras, you know, like half, you know, man, half what spider, who fucking knows. Need. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got, again, the U.S. government, says the the guy from the morgue saying that they're calling wanting children's coffins and this is where the story of the grays come in and these were a giant elongated head and big eyed gray skin i mean to me two things it sounds like it's a unfortunately believable that he could have done something like that it's believable but that the nazis might have had tech like that but to me it's easier to think that this was fucking aliens than it was the russians doing that to us ha, 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 ha. <laughs> we just don't know right though uh to to add to add gasoline to the fire that you just started fast forward a few years and you know we, we see sputnik go up mm-hmm. you know we clamor to to, to get back in and so we start our first rocket program mm-hmm. the Werner von Braun. Werner von Braun uh, was the chief architect behind what was the name of that rocket program? Um, the V two, you know, trying to catch up with Russia. Who, but who ran that? Well, the sat that was you're going back to your Nazi roots there. The V two was in Germany. It was the Saturn, the Saturn five for the U S that we were using. <laughs> you're letting your Nazi roots slip there, John. <laughs> Damn it, Gopo. You fucked me. <laughs> so so we go ahead and launch the, the Saturn rockets, trying to catch up with with Russia because they launched buy that for a dollar. They've launched Sputnik, and who do we use? But Vern von Braun, Nazi poster boy, right? So if you're going to if you're going to intimate that we might have used uh, technology from the Nazi regime, yeah, we might have. Well, they say that it wasn't even his technology. This was we didn't use that technology. The Russians got it because they got it from these other dudes who they that's got because, their hands on. That's because at the end of World War II, us and the Russians split the Nazi scientists. Well, true. It was like a, it was. But like a, it was like it was, it was like, like recruiting. It was like recruiting for a big dodgeball game. That's I'll exact, take Timmy. Well, I was going to actually use the dodgeball reference too, but they just put all the scientists in the middle, and we started on the sides and ran to the and middle ran and to see what we could fucking get. 
which kind of is how it fucking went. Right, right, right. Because the U.S. government did not like the Russians, and it was, and Patton said, why do we stop? Why don't we just roll our fucking tanks right just into Russia? Just keep going, yeah. Yeah, like, not, not the best time in the world. So you look at this whole thing, and you go, is there something that could answer it? So much time has gone by. Is there a smoking gun? A lot of people think there is. Is there a way that we could know what is truly happened? The famous photo that we talked to with General Roger Ramey in his office at Fort Worth Army Airfield, uh, he's holding a memo and crouching over debris he claims was from the Roswell crash So when those, crash three, site. those three dudes were in the office where they say that the – This is a weather balloon. The, the, this is a weather balloon and what's his name says, no, nah, that's not the stuff that I brought. Yep, yep. So in the photo – of Ramey in his office, a memo can clearly be seen in his hands and he's holding it. And it's a memo. One would assume memorandum. A, yeah. That's what that stands go. for, Brent memorandum using modern technology to zoom in and enhance the image. In one of the pictures in particular, researchers believe some of the words can be made out and you should go online and look up this memo, the, the Roswell memo, look up Ramey Roswell memo and David Rudiak in particular was focused on deciphering the text and he feels he has determined 80% of the letters. He says it's clear. There is a reference to a disc and he believes he can also make out a portion of a sentence that reads and the victims of the wreck. Now, when you look at this and you look at the, the weird curvature, cause it's, you know, 1940s camera and all this shit. It really looks like that's what it says. And if you take in other words to what it could be, it's junk and gibberish. So they make a pretty good, um, an argument for it. And Rex says his, this proves that a disc shaped crash was recovered. And perhaps more startling, he says it also collaborates the claims that extraterrestrial bodies were recovered from at least that wreck or one similar nearby. Now I read, I looked at it. I don't have a counter to say that it could have said this instead. However, I, I know I, the one thing I do know is that whenever you're told what a, it's like, it's like looking at a cloud or a Rorschach picture. Once someone says, Oh, that looks like a hippopotamus. You can only see a hippopotamus. There's a little bit of confirmation. There is going to be there. that way, but these are letters. It's not like it's, it's well, they're letters. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, but they could form lots of words. Well, going with what you're saying in July 20th of 94, there was a U.S. government digitizing operation to try to figure out what it said because even they said that's that's going to be the fucking memo let's, let's figure that out yeah and they said there were insufficient quality to visualize either the details sought for analysis and meaning they don't know which probably means oh fuck oh fuck oh fuck oh fuck oh fuck <laughs> like like uh what do we do what do we do uh start a war 94 let's go to war like like let's get everyone start a war 94 <laughs> <laughs> i think that was one of the, the was that bush's campaign it was one of slogan. them Bush, the family that's ran this nation for a hundred years, you know. So hey, probably the br probably the brand of cold beans they were eating out on the fucking prairie too. Stop it. <laughs> and hardtack. Don't forget the hardtack. Robot. <laughs> cold beans and hardtack is the way to party, John. That's true. So, Rudiak's interpretation and many UFO researchers do believe that there is something there, and apparently, an anonymous donor also feels that there's something because. Through Rudiak, he has offered a $10,000 reward for the person or lab that can provide a definite read of the Ramey memo. So that would be pretty badass if Can't we Can't they could... just run this motherfucker through Watson? 
It's the smartest computer in the world, right? And then, and then all of a sudden, it's running the world. Like, what the fuck did that load say? <laughs> ha 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 ha! <laughs> like, he can't wait. I mean, I mean, Watson was able to beat Ken Jennings at Jeopardy. It's got to be able to decipher a little memo. I know that is my, you know, bar to yeah, set. Anything yeah, yeah. Ken Jennings at Jeopardy. Dog. <laughs> I mean, he won like twenty games in a row. Mm-hmm. It was impressive. So, John, what are your thoughts on this whole? Roswell debacle. This whole fucking thing. I, I was telling you before the show, um, I thought I knew about Roswell until I started researching, and by the time I was done researching... I heard the term. <laughs> by the time I was done researching, I felt like I knew less than when I started. Right. It, it, it seems like a simple story, point A to point B, and then you start reading into it, and it's spiderwebs out everywhere. Mm-hmm. And... Too many um, cooks. Yeah, and, and I, so much of it, when you're reading it, so much of it feels like, well, this was added on, like you were saying before, secondhand, thirdhand. This was added on. This this makes a more salacious story. Um, and it, it also, kind of like when, uh, when we did um, Jack the Ripper, there's so many quote unquote experts out there that right. all have their own this is this is exactly how it happened and here's why and they find one little piece of evidence and just glom onto well, it. Well my great grandfather was one of the aliens that died there, so <laughs> I my name is Jeff Gleeblock. <laughs> I am an expert because my great grandfather was an Damn alien. It Brent. <laughs> Convi- it's convincing. Well. It's Gleeblop. Producer Lisa, <laughs> please unplug me, I give up. <laughs> He's done. <laughs> he gives up. Oh. Um, that being said, I think a lot of that is um, distracts from the point. I don't mean smoke. I wasn't going to say smoke and mirrors because smoke and mirrors would mean like one one entity had put that out there. I don't think the federal government is sitting there actively trying to uh, confuse people about Roswell. <laughs> he said that with a straight face while looking right at me. Like, it's adorable. Ha, 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 ha. It is fucking adorable. <laughs> No, I'm sorry. This is your time in the show. No, no, please <laughs> go ahead. It's never stopped you before. Oh boy! All right. Uh, where was I? Uh, I think. Uh, here's what I think. I think some some weird shit went down. I think that uh, it was not a weather balloon. Federal government. Pretty- you know, this thing was so huge. It was, you know. Bigger than a Walmart. No weather balloon I've ever seen is that size. <laughs> Thank you, Travis Walton. I I I don't believe it was that large. Uh, however, uh, I don't think it was aliens. Mm-hmm. I, I think some weird shit went down. I, whether it was some sort of spy technology for us, whether it was uh, Project Mogul, a, a Project Mogul, you know, or, or or some other folks gone rogue, Russian Mingala babies. <laughs> I don't I don't think it was Russian Mingala babies. Um. I, I think it was terrestrial in origin. I, I think it was some weird shit that that they were not expecting. They weren't expecting whatever happened that day. And that's why I think him saying it was a flying saucer seemed easier than actually admitting whatever it was or what they thought it might have been. Because it's not like they had a computer to go look anything up. They had to get eyes on it. They had to report all of that back and then try to put out some sort of press release to say what it was before the entire world fucking panicked so yeah i i I don't think it was aliens i I do believe in aliens i don't think roswell is uh is the smoking gun for aliens wow i just want to say if i ever join some synth pop band 
Russian Mingla Babies is going to be our name. <laughs> like, I'm throwing that in the world out in the world now. What about K-pop? Stop. <laughs> I just don't think that Korea is ready for my Mingla Babies. Okay. Stop. Okay. <laughs> Stop. Lisa, he asked you nicely to unplug. Oh, she's in the booth. She didn't, she's not coming out. of. I'm coming out of the booth. Um, Dude, she's drinking heavily in the booth at this is. point. And she's got her shoes off, and she's she's too relaxed right now. I agree that there is no way when they got there, they knew how to process what was happening. They did not have anything in. Um, there wasn't the, the proper things you know, in place for them to be able to go, okay, this is how we're going to do with whatever it was. I don't know that I feel this is aliens. I could probably see that there was all this shit going on. There's a lot of people seeing things in the sky. Does that mean it was aliens at the time? No. And I'm just like you, I do believe in them. I think this is a, this is one of those stories that a lot of people have made their life by embellishing it or researching it. Look at Stanton Friedman. Stanton Friedman is a nuclear physicist. Oh, I mean, look right there. Damn it. I got only my blurry camera with me. <laughs> Always happens. Stan Friedman. <laughs> Every damn time. That yes. One, that one crept up yes. on me. Yes. <laughs> my blurry camera. <laughs> You're not funny, but that was funny. Um. So, yeah, I feel something happened. It, it could have been. I don't think it was Russians. That is a masterful plot if it was and well done to them. Horrible for those children. Um, I don't think it was that. It was probably um, something super top secret. But to me, super top secret or alien sounds is way more believable than it was a weather balloon, number one, or that it was yeah, the Russians. Well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. That is my opinion. I don't know. Like I said in the beginning, this is the boil on the ass of both sides. Um it is the granddaddy and everyone says such, such awful imagery. No, no. Couldn't we just say the, the fly in the ointment? I what? guess, I guess what we're saying is neither of us really fucking know. And I think that's okay. I think that's okay in this one. So our new opinion and yours too is we don't fucking know. Any question? <laughs> <laughs> so, wow. That's our opinions, and hopefully, maybe we've missed something that we've overlooked, and you can educate us. If you place a picture side-by-side side of the Hadron Collider and the Aztec calendar, there's an eerie similarity between the two. The robot's got a point. I don't... I, you can play this in every episode. Well, okay, that fits in a little bit. Um, <laughs> thank you, Giorgio. Dick. If you guys think we've missed something, let us know. Hop on Facebook. Look up Hysteria Nation. Let us know. We want to talk Roswell. We want to talk about everything. We It's a great discussion group. Get on there. Let us know your thoughts on this. Let us know what actually should be the Roswell. It's became its own thing. And, you know, like Aurora was Texas's Roswell. Um, what is the most important crash landing that we've overlooked? Your gallbladder was Hysteria 51. Roswell. That is true. And also you can hop on Facebook.com slash Hysteria51pod. You can find all of our new episodes there. Check us out. Like us. Go on Hysteria Nation. Join in on the conversation. And while you're at Hysteria51pod, go over to Twitter.com 
Look up Hysteria 51 Pod at Hysteria 51 Pod. Give us some Twitter love. And if you want to hear your own voice on this show, I still want to hear my own voice on this show. You don't get to. 773-669-7277. 773-669-7277. John, how can people dress better than they already do? That's my big question for you. Well, first, don't, don't ask. <laughs> Some things are better left alone. First, I was going to say, don't emulate us, but you should wear us. And how do you do that? You go to- Not by skinning us. That We don't know our fans, man. Pull back on that comment a little yeah, bit. Yeah, good point. Good point. <laughs> wear, wear depictions of us, maybe I should better say. Um, go to tpublic.com and search Hysteria 51. We've got an entire store there with with shirts of just our basic logo. We've, we have we now have a- uh, bag and bot shirt. Yep. A gigantic asshole shirt. That one has conspiracy bots face on it. Of course. Of, of course. I mean, we even it, got a Giorgio Sucolo shirt. Aliens. Of course. <laughs> just anything you can want. It's on there. And if you got an idea for a shirt and we love it, send it to us. We'll add it to our, our site and I'll send you one of the shirts for free. Neat. If we don't like it, well, you're not getting shit. And you owe us $25. <laughs> Probably don't owe us, but I ain't making you one. <laughs> and and uh, most importantly, if you like the show and you want to help us out, go subscribe to the show if you're not already. And ask a friend to as well. Grab their phone. Hit subscribe when you search Hysteria 51. If you forget all of that or any of that, you can just go to our website, Hysteria51.com. There you go. So this has been Roswell. With that said, I've been Brent. I've been John. He's been Conspiracy Bot. Stay woke, meet sex. Thanks for listening to Hysteria 51, a weekly oddcast of conspiracy theories, mysteries, and the unexplained. We'll be back again next week with more known unknowns. If you'd like us to discuss a particular topic, suggest a guest, or simply seek some truth, we'd love to hear from you. You can email the show at hysteria51podcast at yahoo.com and follow us on Twitter at hysteria51pod. You've been listening to a fourth-hand joint.